I'm Heather Roberts here with Oregon U.S. Senator Ron Wyden. Thank you so much for taking the time, sir. Heather, thanks for doing it again. There are so many things happening in D.C. right now. I know you have been a strong advocate of keeping abortion medication accessible and this mifepristone specifically. Why have you been so vocal about this? I held the first congressional hearings, believe it or not, Heather, on this issue because I think this is part of a woman's fundamental right to privacy. You know, people always ask me about why I feel so strongly about this. I'm always hearing about how there's too much government intrusion. There's too much federal involvement in people's lives. Well, this question of a woman's reproductive health care choices is fundamentally about their right to privacy. And this Alito opinion, for all practical purposes, it weaponizes a woman's personal data against them. It is, for all practical purposes, going to be in some states what amounts to uterus surveillance. So I have always been a big privacy hawk. I think there are a lot of folks in uh, in rural Oregon who share that view, and that's why it's so important. But the way that the Supreme Court decision was written, most people interpret to say that it it sends the issue back to state governments to make that decision. And there are some states who have said abortion's not going to be legal. We're going to place certain restrictions on them. So why should the federal government then make a medication available in states where they have said we don't want abortion to be available? I mean, that drug, that is its purpose, correct? It is a federal law, Heather, that has been on the books for years and years. It is regulated by the Food and Drug Administration and has repeatedly been shown to be both safe and effective. And the reason I feel so strongly about it is essentially the premise behind your question. You said, look, everybody in America was told that this was going to be left to the states. That was what Alito and others uh, said the issue was not going to be, you know, federalized. It was going to be left to the states. Now, all of a sudden, the country is facing the prospect that one judge, who I think is just making a mockery out of the rule of, of law, one judge would be in a position to basically overturn the judgment of the Food and Drug Administration for well over a decade that this drug should be available to American women. So suffice it to say, I feel very strongly uh, about it. If you look at the merits uh, of the case, I mean, you know, my wife said that um, when I was working with the Great Panthers, I wasn't a real kind of lawyer. And I think she's right about that. But the flimsiness of this case where one judge in Amarillo, Texas, would essentially throw out the window a law that has been on the books that provides a option to women who seek it in every corner of the country, I think makes a mockery out of the rule of law. Let's move on to the debt ceiling. That's something that I think we hear about congressional action and the president, and we hear this word tossed around. What is the importance of the debt ceiling? What does that really mean to the to the average American? What it's all about is the full faith and credit of the United States and what is necessary now 
is to pay bills that were incurred by two presidents, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And when Donald Trump was president of the United States and I was a senior member of the Senate Finance Committee and I was asked about this, of course it's important to pay the bills that have been incurred. You know, often when I'm home, somebody says, Ron, we got to stop this uh, debt ceiling uh, measure because we've got to stop new spending. This has absolutely nothing to do with new spending. This is about paying bills that are already incurred. And Heather, I'll close my comments by saying, I don't quote Donald Trump on your show all the time, but I'm going to here because Donald Trump said uh, specifically that nobody, nobody should be allowed to use the debt ceiling vote as a political tool to hold hostage other issues they're concerned about. So I, I don't agree with Donald Trump all the time, but he was spot on on that. What happens if it doesn't get raised? Well, what happens, of, of course, is priorities that Americans care about, for example, like retirement you know, programs, you know, programs that are essential can be put at risk. And suffice it to say, for example, there's been talk back here in D.C. about, well, you could prioritize the uh, debt payments you would make. And the first thing I said when people asked me about that is if you try to prioritize them, the people who've got you know, a lot of power are uh, foreign creditors and Wall Street. That's not very good for folks in Central Oregon who are concerned about their retirement checks. I know there are a lot of big issues happening in D.C., but I really got to ask you about the odds that we're going to get a WNBA team in Oregon. <laughs> well, everybody knows how strongly I, I I feel about it. We had a terrific program. I think, uh, as I recall, you were there. We had the commissioner here. I mean, women's sports is a big economic juggernaut for our entire state. You know, we have sellouts of games, ducks and beavers and uh, and, and the like. Um, it's a big economic uh, multiplier. And the reason we wanted to put together that uh, that program, and I was so glad that the Ducks coach and the Beavers coach were sitting right next to each other. They both had their star athletes on, on hand, is we wanted to show the WNBA that it's a layup to choose Oregon for the next franchise. I can only, you know, imagine, you know, we were over at the sports bra, as you know, and it's a short uh, uh, stroll to Moda, you know, on a, on a pretty day. Can you imagine the economic benefit that we'd see in our state if uh, we had an NBA team in the playoffs there at Moda? I thought it was interesting too. The, the Ducks and the Beavers, I get it's a it would be a a place for their players to to uh, strive for to to come and play professionally in Portland. But the Blazers are also highly supportive of this idea, and I think some, maybe maybe just me, would think that that would almost be competition for them. But they're clearly supportive not, of this. Not not at all. And in fact, their seasons are played at a different time. So if you have the women down there at Moda, 10, 15 dates, uh, <clears throat> you know, a year, you're going to generate a lot of uh, a lot of income. As a U.S. senator, are you are you maybe stepping out of lane out of your lane trying to bring this team to Oregon? I, I'm not introducing any any federal legislation. Adam Silver has been a personal friend 
Um, for years and years, he was a intern to my former uh, colleague, Les Sacoin, a good, a good friend. And we still joke. We talk all the time. You know, Adam saw some story that said, uh, well, he would have been an intern to Les Sacoin. He called up and he said, Ron, I'm really angry. I've got to correct my resume because I actually got advanced when I was in Les Sacoin's office. I got moved from an intern to have a full-time, you know, position, you know, behind the de uh, desk and answering calls and stuff. And I said, Adam, I think we'll take care of your uh, resume. So it uh, it shows that uh, you made a big contribution to Oregon as well as serving as uh, NBA commissioner. We are almost out of time. I want to talk real briefly about the town halls coming up. Friday, 1 p.m. at the Madras Performing Arts Center to meet with Jefferson County people to Shoots County's town hall at 11 a.m. on Saturday at COCC in Bend. What do you expect are going to be the big issues? Well, based on the meetings I've had so far this year, the big issues are the one where the second word is bill. It might be housing bill, might be education bill, it might be health care bill or energy bill. There's an awful lot of economic uh, hurt out there, Heather. I expect that there'll be a tremendous number of questions about how uh, working you know, families are going to be able to get, get help. And I'm sure there'll be questions about big picture um, issues that are being debated in Washington, D.C. I'm very proud uh, that uh, we're making headway in terms of continuing our leadership in terms of semiconductors. Uh, Commerce uh, Secretary Gina Raimondo uh, has pledged to me that uh, she'll become the Oregon soon. And uh, all you folks in the media will hear about that before too long. Okay. Oregon U.S. Senator Ron Wyden, thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. You're listening to FM News 100 and 1110 KBND.